Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Barrett, joined as always by Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelleher. We are all together, guys. How is it going? Sarah, you know, I, I felt a little bit of a cough today and I almost canceled, but you know, I, I couldn't do that to you on multiple occasions. So how's it going in Florida? <laughs> I'm good. It's it's good to have everybody back. You know, Dusty joked last week. He was like, oh, yeah, Sarah said she'd be good to go this week. So Steve backed out and, you know, he didn't want to be there. And I'm like, yeah, that adds up. And then today you just, you know, had to pour the salt in the wound and remind me that, oh, you're only doing this out of the goodness of your heart. But it's OK. We're one big happy family. Right, guys? <laughs> I mean, the last time Dusty and I did an episode together, we both commented, like, we're being too nice to each other. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. That happens anytime there's just two people because you, it's like, want to keep the conversation going and mm-hmm. keep it light and fun. And it gets awkward if you argue with someone. You're like, no, you're wrong. And there's just no one there to be, like, take – to really take a take side. A side. To take a yeah. side, yeah. Because so I want to tell Dusty he's stupid all together. the time and then I don't have you to back me up, so – and then, and then who deals with the tears? Nobody. I just have to deal with them myself if there's no one else here. So, We're how off to a great start. How are the tears flowing in Kentucky, my friend? Great. <laughs> Going great. Everything's everything's roses, man. Listen, we've got uh, – this is mandatory minicamp this week. We've got, what, three days of it, if I'm not mistaken. And then we've got like four weeks where it essentially goes dark. So, listen, living it up at the time when we've got clips and updates from Packers football on the timeline, stuff happening because pretty soon – we're not going to have anything, so it's a, it's a good time right now. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if you guys heard this or if you're on Twitter at all, but Jordan loves for like a 95 yard touchdown pass to Christian Watson in stride, and people audibly said like, "Wow!" That was Jason mm-hmm. Wildey's quote. Was I said, "Wow!" And so there were some lowlights as well from the practice, but let's uh, let's just get some of your guys' reactions. Obviously, none of us are there. But I want to hear, like, we've all read, you know, Bill Huber's report. We we saw the tweets from everybody going around. So, Dusty, just kind of 
give me a couple of highlights of things that you saw, lowlights, whatever, you know, your reaction from the first day of minicamp. Yeah, I mean the Watson catch is the big one. We didn't see a clip of that because they don't they don't allow um, filming of uh, I think the team like the team activities of offense defense on the field, so we didn't actually see it. So all the highlights we saw today were of like offense only. We saw some guys working out. We saw offense only. And within that, we saw Deguara make a nice catch. We saw Torre make a tremendous move, and then a nice catch down the field. So I mean, there's some there's some stuff. And Steve, I think you'll probably talk about the red zone stuff. Uh, so there's some, there's some areas for concern if you feel like being concerned in June during a mini camp. But I mean, I think there was, I think there's some good signs there. I think some guys coming along the way you want them to come along and yeah, just, I mean, it, you see 95 yard touchdown to Christian Watson. I think they said, I can't remember the exact quote. It was something to the effect of Jair was the closest defender and he wasn't even particularly close. Yep. Yep. That's exciting. Dobbs got a touchdown on Jair and I know Sarah's going to touch on a quote later. That was, that was quite good. So, I mean, right now we had, and, and yeah, there's the red zone stuff, but I think right now there was so much last year about like the defense is dominating, defense is dominating. And we got excited about the defense um, while also being like kind of maybe the offense isn't that good. And then finding out the offense really wasn't that good at the beginning part of last year. We're starting to see some of those young guys winning some of those battles that maybe they lost last year uh, in some of those moments, which is not every single one, obviously. But I think it's uh, I think it's exciting uh, to see that stuff. I mean, that's this time of year. And Sarah, you and I talked about this. This, this, this Sarah's trademark quote: "It's June." This time of year, me personally, like I'm going to choose to be optimistic, and it's exciting to see the offense. I I choose basically I ignore the stuff that is bad, and I accept the stuff I see as good, and so it makes me happy and excited about the offense. Is where I'm at right now. Yeah, for me, you know, Steve, you mentioned there were highs and lows, especially for Jordan Love, but that's sort of expected, right? I mean, we've talked about it before. We know he's not a rookie quarterback, but he's first year in the starting position. There's going to be the highs are going to be high and the lows are going to be low. And it seemed like that was sort of the theme of the first day of mandatory minicamp. But there were also, you know, Dusty mentioned some of the bright spots. I think, you know, another part, too, is just, the fact that most, not even most, but all of the players that should have been there were there was huge in my mind too. I know there were a few, few guys missing because of um, excused absences and things like that, but LaFleur seemed really happy with the attendance, said in his mind it was perfect attendance. Everyone he knew wasn't going to be there wasn't there, and everyone that was supposed to be there was there. So I just think, you know, dare I say in this rebuild phase, it's important for the team to be on the same page for all the guys in the room to just have their, that presence there so that they can, you know, build relationships on and off the field. Um, you know, it was great that Jarier was back in the building too. I know some people were a little worked up. He wasn't at the, you know, voluntary practices, but Dusty and I, we talked about it. We weren't super upset about that. That was sort of expected. Um, but he did have a great quote, um, really praising Dobbs for the touchdown that he scored on him. And I'm paraphrasing, but essentially he said he he wanted to hug him because he was so happy and excited for him and that right now he just wants what's best for the team. And if him scoring a touchdown on him is best for the team, that's what he wants. And he said, you know, last year he couldn't score on me at all. So this is an improvement, the fact that he did that. And he, he said he's also going to continue to chirp Jordan Love, which I think is great. I think that's what Jordan Love needs because – Honestly, he's going to get chirped all throughout the year. Oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers gone. Like, and they're just going to continue to probably trash talk him throughout the year. So if, if Jari Eric, who seems to be an expert trash talker, can kind of warm him up to some of that, I think that the more the better. Yeah, I mean, Jair's getting roasted on multiple times today. Like, might as well just cut his ass. So 
Like, just just not even worth keeping him around. Like if he's getting roasted multiple times in minicaps, now nah, you know get get it over with. But I mean, I already saw tweets about his regression because of what's happening in minicamps. So um, which makes <laughs> off season, off yes, season, it, it made oh. me laugh quite a bit. I saw it's like <laughs> this is Jair's regression year, and I was like, calm on. So um, yeah, I mean. The one thing I saw was the the big highlight. Obviously, was you know the what would have been a ninety six yard touchdown pass to to Watson and man, if it, like it, they were talking about like it was just perfect. It was in stride. Like he didn't have to slow down once. Like it wasn't a and it was just perfectly placed ball like in step. And that's what you want. And you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is so exciting. And then you read more about it and you find out that. He went one for six in red zone offense. And there was also a note from, from Bill Huber saying that, oh, well, it was some really, really good coverage as well. Well, that's great. But still, that's what you expect in the NFL. Really good coverage. So, you know, this, as Sarah said, this is what you expect from Jordan Love. You expect some highs. You expect some lows. And there's going to be some in-between of figuring some shit out. And so that's what we're looking for from Jordan Love. Like, but I want him to continually improve. So that's like it's exciting. It's a little worrisome, but that's kind of what the Packers season is going to be this year, I think. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of some some interesting stuff from minicamp. Next thing we've got, we've got Adrian Amos, Packers friend, that's going to be on the books uh, for the cap for about eight million dollars. Going to the New York Jets. And surprise, surprise, Dusty, <laughs> who brought that man over to the New York Jets? Uh, Alan Lazard. No, <laughs> it, was, it was Aaron Rodgers. Of course it was Aaron Rodgers. Of course it was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, that being said, it looks like we are going to be entering training camp with Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage as the Starting safeties. I don't know if Joel Berry actually said that part, but uh, Sarah, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's a little nerve-wracking, but it is what it is. Obviously, would have loved to see Amos stay, but apparently general manager Aaron Rodgers had an enticing offer, and he took it. Um, but this is one where I think we'll just kind of have to hold on to our butts and, and hope it works out uh, because right now, just looking at it on paper, it's definitely one of the weaker position groups. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic, hopeful, but cautiously because I don't really see this shaking out. These are also guys that have struggled with injuries in the past. So if one of them goes down, then who knows what could happen. Dusty. Um, talk to me a little bit about who was not at camp today. I know LaFleur said he was happy with who was there, but there were a few people that weren't, and we kind of wanted to hear a little bit about why or what was going on with that. Yeah, there's three. Only three guys that were not there. Um, they, they did not get into the details, uh, but the, they basically said excuse for personal reasons. Um, and I think, Sarah, you had a quote that was some – the floors that said the effect of, like, those guys – like, it, it's 100% attendance in my in my mind. The guys who were not there had an excuse not to be there. Those three guys, Tavarius Moore, who we talked about last week, at, uh, nice nice, uh, nice day at OTAs when we covered last week, uh, Matt Orzich, Orzich, and Jonathan Garvin. Garvin, to me, was of particular interest because he's been – 
a bit of a talking point. This is the first time we've heard uh, about like an excused absence for personal reasons because he had not attended any of the OTAs. And a lot of the talking around that, I think we even we even touched on that a little bit last week, is why isn't Garvin here? Because with Gary gone, you're looking at the edge group and saying like someone is like early in the season, especially someone's going to have a chance to, to maybe step up and, and grab maybe a larger role for themselves early in the season to get a chance to prove themselves with with Gary kind of not being there. And, and Garvin, this is, I think, th- his third year going into the Packers, the year three here, kind of a this this could be his chance. Maybe he can do this. Why isn't he there? Why isn't he there? So I think we get, you know, not full clarity, but I think we get a little clarity on that. Like he wasn't there. We don't know what he has going on in his life, but apparently according to the floor, he does not expect him to be there. And it's perfectly fine that he's not. So I think getting, getting some clarity there uh, is good. Again, not, not, not to press into Jonathan Garvin's life, but I think getting the fact that we know now uh, that there, there is an excused absence likely was also excused for OTAs. I think gives us, gives us some clarity that we did not prior have to, about him. No, I agree. I mean, a little bit of clarity, like, because, you know, Packers fans handle all that stuff super well when they don't know the information. They just, they just they're like chill. They're like, oh, cool, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. They won't make up any info. But guys, we're going to jump <laughs> to uh, some off season clipboard material because there's a guy that I never heard of from the Bears, a defensive tackle named Justin Jones, uh, who was blasting Packers fans today. And he had a viral press conference that has now been deleted from Bears everything. Like, they have taken it all off. They've tried to scrub it as much as possible. However, it's still the internet. So we all have access to it. So he called Packers fans shitty, obnoxious, and half of them don't know football. In in the midst of a two-minute tirade, also talking about how he wishes that Aaron Rodgers was still the quarterback of the Packers so he could beat them because they almost beat them last time. And, Dusty, if you can remind me, how close were they to beating them in last year? Hey, Steve, not close. They lost, 20, <laughs> they lost 27-10 in week two, and they lost 28-19. to And I think the one he was talking about was like we almost had them in week two which I believe they were down 14 at the half and then <laughs> lost by 17. Uh, so close. So close, hey, man. So hey, close. man. They, they, uh, I do love that they have like, they already had the egg on the face. Like, Oh no, we got to get rid of this. Please get rid of this. And then they don't know how the internet works. I mean, that screams <laughs> Chicago bears. Like we don't know how the internet works. Like, uh, but what, what did you guys feel? Dusty, tell me how you felt when you saw this besides pure comedic laughter. I mean, listen, the stuff that he said, like, listen, they're dumb, they're obnoxious, half of them don't know ball. True of every fan base. True of, like, every single fan base to be 100% clear here. Yeah. However, that man's talking a lot of smoke for a dude who has played. He played, okay, this was he just finished his fifth year in the league. First four with the Chargers who had drafted him. He played one year in Chicago. A single year in Chicago. In those four years, seven and a half sacks. But I don't think he's he's not a pass rusher. He's not a guy. I think he's just there to eat up space. So the numbers aren't necessarily going to be there. But buddy, you're not you're not lighting up the scoreboard here. You're not you're not you're not doing a whole bunch. You're not he's not a I mean he's I think he's a perfectly fine player. You're not a key huge player on that team. You your team just ended up with the first overall pick in the draft because you were very bad and your defense was also very bad. So it's one of those things I don't begrudge any. They were the worst defense in the league, Dustin. Worst defense in the league. Like in I, the I don't, league. 
I don't begrudge any player talking. I don't begrudge any player talking bad about other fan bases, other teams. I kind of like it. Just listen. I want it's cool if, if if players pretend to care a little bit about like the other teams are playing. I think that's fine. It's just like it's one of those you can poke holes in every single thing he said. Sure. So it's, it's more comedic than anything. It's kind of fun. I was laughing my ass off. Sarah, what'd you think? <laughs> yeah, this is in my mind, it's just dork behavior. I mean, <laughs> why put yourself out there like this? Um, I think Josh Allen said it. I can't remember if it's last season or a couple of seasons ago, but he said the small dogs always bark the loudest. And I feel like this kind that kind of summed this up of like, like you said, Steve, this guy who no one's ever really heard of, who, as Dusty said, doesn't really have the stats to back it up, is now like putting himself out there of like, hey, yeah, basically F off to all the Packers fans. And I don't know. I mean, I it's whatever. I'm not one to take this too personally. I think if they if he wants to say that, he wants to say that, but I just think it's it's kind of foolish. Um but it's giving us great material for when the Packers <laughs> beat the Bears week one because, oh, man, this video, I can already see it now resurfacing, being clipped, and, you know, like the clown nose is going to come out. It's going to be bad, um, but very entertaining for us. So, hey, maybe it works out after all. Oh, for sure. Like That was the, the first thing that I thought of, like, watching this video. I was like, dude, if they lose to the Packers this year, even once, even once, doesn't matter if it's once or twice. Like, oh my God, this guy is going to get just blown up. And I'm totally here for it because if you're going to talk that much crap about a fan base and you've only been there for one year, yeah, you might deserve it. So next up, guys, we got we got some good questions. So we're going to jump into those and see what's going on. First one, uh, this one's going to be solely for Dusty. Uh, unless Sarah has somehow started drinking bourbon, but I don't think I don't think that's the case. I don't know. We haven't asked her in a while, but first one's Christian Simmons. Which bourbon pairs best with an Oreo? Dusty. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go Maker's 46. I'll go Maker's 46 because it's a relatively cheap bottle and it's uh it's sweet and it's much better than regular Maker's Mark. So if I'm pairing something with an Oreo, I'm not pairing the good stuff, man. I love Oreos. I love bourbon. I'm I'm not spending $80 on a bottle to pair that with an Oreo. I'll go with my $25, $30 ba- bottle of Maker's 46. It's sweet. I think they would go perfectly fine together. So that's going to be my pick. Maker's 46. Okay. That, that that makes sense. Like I I can I can definitely agree like, you know, I I quit drinking long to oh, a while ago and so but I would tell you, I agree. Like, I don't, I would never want to pair that, like, an Oreo with, like, a really good bourbon. Like, you, you got, like, the, want... like, the Weller's Antique, and you're like, let me, let me grab, open this pack of Oreos while I'm here. <laughs> no, no, you want to appreciate the taste of the, the bourbon. You don't want to be like, ooh, this would go really good with an Oreo. But I appreciate the question. Like, if, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a late night snacking going on and you're like, hey, I'm having a couple Oreos. What 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 drink would go well with that? And you're thinking bourbon? Yeah, yeah, the cheaper one would be probably the way to go. Hey, everybody. Here on the Pack-A-Day podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. 
Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next question we got from Jordan Walsh. Uh, How long will we refer to the Tyler Irvin role as the Tyler Irvin role? Sarah, what do you think? Forever. This is an easy question. Forever and ever and ever. We're never going to stop. This is only the beginning, Jordan Walsh. We are never going to stop. I mean, but no. If if we get rid of Matt LaFleur, like, then it would be like there would be no Tyler Irvin role, right? If there's still the same role within the offense, it's still going to be the Tyler Irvin role. But there's a man new who... guy. Like, are they really going to be running the Matt LaFleur offense after they fired Matt LaFleur? Are you still going to run a couple jet sweeps per game? Probably. So, yes. Why can't you just call it a jet sweep then? Because that's not fun. It's not just jet sweep. It's like jet sweep and gadgety type stuff. It's way easier to just say Tyler Irvin roll. Yeah. Everyone knows what that is. (laughs) Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, Next one. We have a hard-hitting question, guys. Very in-depth, very football-related. Don wants to know who's the best looking quarterback quarterback one in the NFL for the 2023, 24 season. So uh, clearly dusty, we're going to start with you <laughs> clearly. Yeah. No, listen, Steve, me and you were on the same page on this early. That was if we had 100% uh, knowledge of what Jimmy G situation is, it's Jimmy G and a landslide. Yeah, I think. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So we're both, Sarah's not on the, Sarah's not on board, uh, but I'm, I'm Jimmy G head and shoulders above everyone else. Without him, I think Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts or Tua. I think those are two two very 
we're going through the list. There's a lot of good looking dudes in the yeah. NFL. A lot mm-hmm. of good looking men playing Shocking. quarterback. Shocking. Which good for them. Yeah. I actually read a study about that at some point that was like the more you're the you're the more symmetrical your face is, the more um the more handsome or beautiful you are. And if you have a symmetrical face, you're more likely to be athletic. And so it makes sense that those things actually tie together. Um but yeah, I'll go I'll go Jalen Hurts is my uh, is my number one. Okay. Steve, Sarah? are you going or okay? You no, no, no. Go? We'll, we, we'll let you go. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so my number one without question is Joe Burrow. Um, love Joe Burrow. And I don't really think I need to put up much of an argument here. In my opinion, he's just <laughs> the best, whether Jimmy G is in the picture or not. So um, love Joe Burrow. But I would, I think, Dusty, you have a great pick because I would put Joe Jalen Hurts at a close number two. And I I, I I agreed with both of you guys, which is a weird thing for me to say. And it hurts my heart. It really hurts my heart to say you, that. You were gone a couple but, weeks, Steve. Yeah, I know. I know. I have to say nice things like every <laughs> once in a while. Otherwise, it gets weird. But no, I, like legit, Jimmy G is the most attractive man if he is the starting quarterback for the Raiders. But we, have, we don't even have an idea if he's going to play for the Raiders right now. Like yeah. this is such a weird ass situation with him. And then like my close second, like headband Joe Burrow, like he came out wearing his headband and also I was like, dude, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't play for that team at all, but Oh my God. Like that was an attractive man. It's, it- Everyone plays for that team about 25%, I think, Steve. If you've, if you've got those thoughts. You're, 25%? You've got, okay. you're there. I've, read that, I've read that recently. I can't remember who said that. Someone uh, – I had read something about that recently, but yeah. I will say, I know I said he's my number one, but his only major red flag is that just today when we're recording this, actually, he said he doesn't listen to Taylor Swift. But Ooh. I'll make an exception for you, Joe. That's tough. Sarah, that you're not who I thought you were. <laughs> We're, tell, we're telling Taylor on you. That we're, tell, like we're telling her. Pretty big she may not read the messages, but we're telling her. But so it was actually very funny because my boyfriend knows that I have a crush on Joe Burrow. And he sent this to me and was like, thoughts? Does this change things for <laughs> just, you? Just found this interesting. <laughs> and I just wanted. responded and was like, I could change him. Like, that was <laughs> Bailey sends you a message like, am I your number one now? Please? Yeah. Please? <laughs> Like, Not yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah's like, nah, it's fine. It's fine. I could work with that. <laughs> uh, next one, we got Brian who wants to know, a lot of great talent came out of last year's draft. What player do you see making the biggest second-year jump? And a food question, what food will you never eat again? Sarah, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I think that it's going to be Dobbs. Um, you know, last year was kind of the emergence of Christian Watson and, you know, a lot in preseason and even, you know, we heard from Aaron Rodgers and other guys how great Dobbs was. But we just didn't get to see him as much and partly because of injuries. And then I think, you know, Watson really kind of took over. Um, but this year, it seems like they're going to spread the love a little bit more on offense. They're going to have to just with love, you know, being a starter. Um, and I think we're going to see a significant jump there that I'm really excited about. I also think that Watson's going to make a jump, but he just had such a good rookie year that making like another jump that big would be crazy. But hey, I'm here for it. Um, so I think it would be Dobbs. I hope it would be. I think that would be really exciting. 
Um, and then food that I'll never eat again, um, the chicken from Chipotle. And I don't really think I need to go into detail as to why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, butt hurts. <laughs> uh, biggest secondary jump. I mean, yeah, I, I like I like Dobbs a lot. I'll just I'll just say Watson because that I mean, that seems like he was. At, at like, do we say he he could make a, like a big leap when he had like a three game stretch about as good as anyone had last year? But he's second year player, and if he's a little more consistent week in week out and stays healthy, I can absolutely see him, and he'd be an absolute game changer if it's him. So I'll go Watson, and then uh, what food I'll never eat again? I I want I accidentally ate liver one time. I just I'm never doing Ooh. that again. I, and I thought it, it was at like we were in Florida. Yeah, Florida's you know garbage. Of course thing. you were and, in Florida. And, we, yeah. and it was like a post church potluck or something. And I thought it was like fried chicken because it was like breaded and fried. And I took one bite and was like, what is this? Who did this to me? Uh, and so no, yeah, no, no, never again, never again. I mean, do, do you guys really need to ask me this question about who's going to take a second year leave? Really, really? Wait, we I want to. I just say it out loud, just for the record. Ah, come on, just it's say, Quay. It, say it out it's loud. Quay. You know that it's Quay. <laughs> you know that. And the best part is, is they've already been talking about putting him all over the uh, the defensive line, like rushing him and and, and really making him a focal point. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited about it. Like tempering my expectations like i don't think he's gonna be mvp level or anything but man like if he's got another level like another level to play on defense and if he can actually like be smart about you know not pushing trainers and that you know all that kind of stuff yeah i'd like i really think the kid could be really good i mean we saw flashes for sure last year so a little bit of extra training that can be that can be a really good thing and a food that I will never eat again. Um, there was a week that my parents went out of town when I was a kid, and we got fed by my grandparents, Johnny Marzetti. And that's like egg noodles and ground beef and like tomatoes. And just, uh, it's one of those things like you get fed as a kid, and it's just, it was every day for a week straight. And I just, uh, like, the thought of it today makes me just, ugh, horrible. Like, no, hard pass, hard pass. Uh, next question, Sean Franken. What are your favorite obscure Packers? One-year wonders, those unknown to the non-hardcore fan, or those who made their names on other teams and then played briefly for the Packers? Mine, Mark Clayton, longtime Dolphin, and... Target of Dan Marino played for the Packers in 1993. So, Dusty, we'll start with you. I've got two. I had one, and then Steve shaved me out of it, so I'm getting rid of that one. I've got Come my, on! I've I, need got, to rip you, I need to rip I've, you for it. I've got about ten I could go through, but the two I'll go through, they're both quarterbacks. So one is, like, very obscure because he never actually suited up for the Packers in a game. This was Henry Burris. Henry Burris was drafted, I think, in the late 90s, was with the Packers in 01, kind of came up through the CFL, played with uh, the Patriots, I think, in 02. He played with the Bears for a couple games. 
eventually went on to be somewhat of a CFL legend. He just retired a couple of years ago at the age of like 42 after winning, like I think, two straight Grey Cups up, in, up with the Ottawa Red Blacks up in Canada. So I always loved Burris. He could move a little bit, had a cannon for an arm. He was a guy in those early Madden games. I would, he was always a free agent. I would just sign Henry Burris and then just play with Henry Burris. Uh, and then one of the other guys I used to do that with uh, a little bit later on was Seneca Wallace. Was always a big Seneca Wallace fan. He played with Green Bay. It's a little later, so people probably know him. He played with them for one year in 2013. So that was Rodgers got injured. That was, uh, I think, Tolzien and then Flynn. And then they got injured in Seneca Wallace. Seneca Wallace came in one game in uh, in relief, started a game, awful. So he's 0-1 his career at the Packers and then didn't play with them past 2013. But those were two guys I, just, I absolutely loved. Uh, and so Seneca Walls being on the team and getting to start a game, I was really excited until I saw Seneca Walls start a game. That was the last year of his career. Like, he was cool. downside of his career there anyway. But I always loved his game. Um, but, yeah, him and Henry Burris, I was always just, just a massive, massive Henry Burris fan. So the fact that he was there in, like, training camp. I mean, Tim Couch would be another one that just – he was there – Never made it out of training camp because he couldn't rehab his shoulder, and the Browns screwed him over. And then his career was done. Uh, but those are, right. those are my those are my dudes. No, you you need to you need to explain your other one. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. No, I just That's named fair. That is fair. No, okay. My other one. To... Okay, fine. My other one is Craig yeah. Newsom. I talk about Craig Newsom because he's a guy who I believe could have been Hall of Fame trajectory. Five, five years in the league, four with the Packers. He won a Super Bowl. He's one of those guys that because he did not have a long career, I think a lot of people don't know who he was. In fact, I think a lot of people know who he is now because his son plays in the league. Greg Newsom is over and is in Cleveland. I desperately wanted him in Green Bay. But Craig Newsom was always one of my favorites. That was more of like a what if guy. Like if he stayed healthy, because he injured his neck in 98, and then he went over to uh, to the Niners for one year. And and that was it. I think he's in real estate now. But he was like as he was always one of my favorite players. So I usually find an opportunity to talk about Craig Newsom. Whenever possible, probably outside the bounds of this, but I just gave you three quarterbacks, only one of whom ever played a game with the Packers, Steve. So does that does that absolve me at all? Am I good now? No, no, not at all. Not at all. You picked a Packers player that played like 98% of his career with mm-hmm. the Packers, and it was for four years. He played for four years with the Packers. You're no, like, oh, I, this is an obscure listen, Packers. I don't think newer fans know who Craig Newsom is. So I just really? I like I like had a chance to talk about Craig Newsom. No, I didn't know you'd shame that many Packers fans like that. Mm-hmm. Every, every chance very I get. Of, very kind every of chance I get. All right, Sarah, who you got? Mine's easy. UCF legend, Packers legend, Blake Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> and come on, he was there for what, all of two months, maybe at the most? He made, probably made like half a mil too, just playing in like one game. Like didn't even play in a game and just was sat on the bench for a couple of months. Listen, I hope he's enjoying retirement. Awesome. I hope he's still collecting checks from the Packers in some way, shape, or form. But it it has to be. I mean, when I think of obscure and I think of the Packers, Bortles immediately comes to mind. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. I would say mine is uh, mine's Jeff Query. I, I always loved the mullet wide receiver. Like, that was just one of my favorite. Like, he was the ultimate speedster, and he would drop half of the passes that were thrown to him. But, man, he could fly. He totally could fly, and I still remember the hair whipping in the wind and trying to catch ball. Like, yeah, I, I always, I always love Jeff Query. So that's my most random, uh, random one I can think of. And then the last question we have, uh, Sarah, we're gonna need a little help here. 
<laughs> so there's some uh, some terminology that Dusty and I don't quite understand. So we're going to need the like Gen, what, what the hell are you? Gen Z, Gen... I'm like, right, technically I'm Gen Z, but okay. I don't really identify. It's like my year is the first <laughs> oh, you, year in Gen you Z. You don't like identify I, as Gen Z. Okay, gotcha. No, uh, I wasn't an iPad kid, so I don't think... I'm totally. It gets it gets the it gets the changeover gets murky between yeah. generations. It's a it's okay. Like there, I'm yeah. I'm like right on the border. I think Dusty and I are both are like right on that border of like Gen X versus Millennial. Is that? It depends on when I look it up. Like yeah. I I always thought I was Gen X, but I think technically I'm a Millennial because I think they changed that cutoff line at some mm-hmm. point. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm right in that murky area. All right, but here's the here's the question. We've got um, and who's this from Joseph Quincy. Do we see more creativity in the run game this year? Maybe even some fullback play. Uh, that was not the question that Dusty mm-hmm. and I were confused by. Next one. And do you think Baby Gronk has enough riz to make the 53? Dusty and I have no freaking clue what riz means. So can you help us when, out a little when bit? When I saw here? that statement initially, I was like, I never felt old in my life. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, I don't know like, what any of this stuff means. No freaking clue. No so freaking clue. I, so I'll break it down for you. Riz is essentially a science. It's like an art form of flirting. This is – look it up. It's – I have a USA Today tab open on my computer right now. They science? Did, yes. They did a short story. It's called What Does Riz Mean? So first of all, know that you're not alone. Others are asking what Riz means. And here's what sources at USA Today, this is about as credible as you can get, say. Riz is a slang term often used to describe someone's ability to flirt and be charming, especially for their verbal communication while pursuing a romantic interest. The term can be used as a noun or a verb, depending on the sentence. If someone has Riz, they are often considered attractive or alluring because of their charismatic way of communicating. That may still be true even if you do not find that person attractive. If you want to Riz someone, you want to flirt with or charm them. So does that clear things up? Sadly, yes. I feel like (laughs) I understand Riz a little bit more now, but I don't understand. Like, isn't the kid 10 years old? Isn't that like, why is... Why does he, he is, but his is he dad flirting, runs his account. Who is he flirting enough with to get onto the fire? Ooh, almost dropped that bomb. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about You might need to mark that, Dusty. You might need to mark that. <laughs> nah, one. we're good. You didn't go far enough. That doesn't count. <laughs> like, why, why does he have enough Riz to get onto the 53-man roster at 10 years old? Uh, social media clicks? Okay. Yeah, it's all does about Does he have a lot of social media following? I don't yes. Know. Okay. <laughs> His dad, like, think of Baby Gronk as a child, and essentially Lavar Ball is his father, but in football form, even oh. more extreme, pushing like, "Hey, oh, my no. kid is the best. My kid is the best." But this is like even. But he's ten. But this is even worse because the kid yeah. is 10. So his dad's like running all of his social media accounts. His dad's DMing like popular sports podcasts like, hey, our, you know, our engagement clicks are higher than ever. Like you're going to want him on the show. Like, do you want to get on the show? And everyone's like, no, like you're taking Why? advantage get of your 10 year old child and marketing them essentially. Mm. Um, so that well, sounds horrible. 
yeah, no, it's not great. It's not a great situation at all. Um, but there's a TikTok star, Livy. She's a gymnast at LSU, and they did a whole video. And basically, people thought that this 10-year-old kid rizzed Livy. And it became this internet meme that just, <laughs> uh, like every internet meme, went too far. And now yeah, everyone is talking about how baby Gronk Riz has Riz and is now. And now I'm more sad because I understand it. You know that yeah. makes and that makes me feel worse now. Yep. Yeah. Shame, now you- on, shame on you, Joseph Quincy, for asking this question that brought this into my life. I didn't need to know it. I didn't want to know it. And no. No, no. But also Joseph Quincy. Yeah, no, I do think we'll see some more creativity from the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're gonna I, I think they're gonna, gonna is it up. Uh you know how they do. You know how they do, Steve. Now you know how they do. <laughs> Welcome back, Steve. Packer oh. Packers offense is gonna be full of riz. Just full of riz. <laughs> God. Okay. Never say well, that to me again. This is end. horrible. This is totally good spot to end it. Cut this off. Do I cut this? I don't off? even know. Should we do final? We should just cut this whole last ten minutes of me reading a USA Today <laughs> definition of what Riz is for you both. It's the off season. My favorite part is when I said, "Does this clear things up for you?" And Dusty goes, "Sadly, yes." It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Sarah, do you do you have any final thoughts? I do, um, and it's actually a good final thought that will take us far away from, from this conversation. Um, and it's really just a huge congratulations to Andy Herman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure when you're listening to this, you probably saw that he tweeted that. He this week is his last week at his job, and he is going to start pursuing covering the Packers full time as his primary job. Um, and I just think that's the freaking coolest. And we obviously love Andy. He's introduced us. He's given us this platform, and he's been nothing but great to us over the years, and great to so many other people. And I'm just really excited for him. I don't think anyone's more deserving to take the next step. He works super hard. So, Andy, we love you. Shout out. Congratulations. I know we've told you and everyone has told you, but can't say enough how cool it is. And I'm really excited what he does now because, honestly, I don't know how he was working a full-time job before that (laughs) and still managing to pump out the amount of content that he did at the level that he was doing. So the fact that now he's going to be putting all of his time and effort into that is crazy, and I think he's going to come up with some really amazing stuff. So I can't wait to see it. Yeah, no, echo all of that, Sarah, you just said. I mean, this is, we're talking about a dude who, while working a full-time job, did like nine one-hour videos in the span of a day just so he could run one every single day while he was on vacation like that just insane work ethic no one works harder than andy uh just just very happy for him yeah can't can't wait to see what he does next because what how how does he do more than he's already doing i don't i don't know how he does more than he's already doing and i'm excited to find out uh exactly Mm -hmm. how that does so really excited to see that and then uh just for my part i've got a couple things in the works that maybe will be coming out this week we'll see what i know for sure is out this week is uh at cheesehead tv today i'm continuing on with the call sheet series i've got three three articles left three articles left this week i'm looking at explosives so i've got one one explosive concept 
for each first, second, and third down that worked for the Packers in 2022. Talking about mechanics of that, pulling clips, all that stuff. So uh, excited that series is winding down. That's been a lot of fun. So this has been a, a good one to pull together. So it'll be up today at Cheesehead TV. Awesome. And um, I don't have too much, but all I want to do is wish all the dads that are listening out here a happy Father's Day that's coming up this weekend uh, before we talk to you again next week. So, you know, hold those kids tight and uh, give them some hugs and and really take that time that day to, you know, appreciate yourself for that. So um, not too often that we get that that all that appreciation for it. So, yeah, definitely take the day and uh, enjoy it. And we Love the fact that you guys are all listening and to all the non-dads that are out there. We appreciate you guys as well. So uh, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. That's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher 4, at Packaday Podcast, and at Steve Perhatch. We will be back next week. And as always, Go Pack Go! Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.